Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. So last week we started our Christmas message series called Missing Peace, and we talked last week about how to have peace in our lives, how to have that perfect peace that Jesus talked about. And we said it starts where? In our minds. If we want that peace, we have to start by changing the way that we think and, and allowing the Lord to fill our minds with truth and not with stuff the world tries to put in. And so today we're actually going to talk about relational peace, having peace around us. Because uh, how many of you know Christmas, we spend a lot of time with people we may not spend time with all the time. And sometimes there's a little bit of friction, right? A little bit of that. Um, and so we're going to talk about how to live, find relational peace in a world of offense. Because how many know everybody's offended about everything? Did any of you just have that desire to say, suck it up? You ever, you ever want to say that? I, I know it's not correct anymore, but um, <laughs> just like, quit being offended. And so we're going to talk about that, how to keep from having offense in our lives and hopefully maybe not offend others. Uh, there was a story of a pastor that went and he visited a parishioner's family, and they had a toddler, and he saw this beautiful nativity scene on their, on their coffee table in the living room, and so the toddler was there with them. He said, hey, do you know what this is? And she said, yeah, it's breakable. <laughs> <laughs> She'd heard that a few times. And, you know, relationships are a lot like that. They're what? They're breakable. Uh, they're fragile sometimes. And so we want to talk about that this morning. And if you have your Bibles, open them to Romans chapter 12. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, if you hit that little more tab and then hit events, uh, the notes are all there for you, the verses are there for you. Romans chapter 12. So Paul is talking to the church in Rome, obviously that's why it's called Romans, and it was a church made up of, of Jews and Gentiles, people who were alike and people who were very, very different. He was a, a very mixed group of Christians, and so he's talking to them about how to live in harmony with one another. And how to have peace, and how to live their lives as a sacrifice. We've read earlier in Romans 12, we'll read it again today, how he talks about changing our lives by renewing our minds, by letting the Lord change the way that we think, by filling our minds with his word. And then he's talking about how to live as living sacrifices. And one of the ways we do that is by giving up our right to be offended. You know, we, we have a right to be upset, right, when people say things to us, say things about us. But as Christians, we often give up that right because I said I would rather live in peace than be correct or have my rights all the time. And so in Romans 12, we're going to start in verse 14. Paul says this, bless those who persecute you. Wait, what? (laughs) Sounds a lot like what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, doesn't it? Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse him. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. You ever want to write that down and and give it to people? It's not me saying that. Paul said that, you know. He says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do such things in such a way that everyone will see that you're honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So Paul gives us some really tough advice here. Be nice to those who are mean to you. Pray for them. Do everything you can to live in peace with others. In other words, give up your right to be offended. Give up your right to be mad. Don't think you know everything. Huh. 
Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable. Live in peace with other people. So these are tough things. So how do we do this? How do we live in a world that's offended about everything to not be offended? And, you know, some translation, I think the NIV says, instead of do all that you can, it says, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with others. So we're going to look today at how to have peace around us by, by learning to live in harmony with others. Now, does this mean that we allow people to walk all over us? No. Does this mean we keep relationships where people are constantly intentionally hurting us? No, not necessarily. We're going to look at ways to not be offended. So, Lord, we pray this morning you would help us to look in your word and apply what it says to our lives in a way that we can live with others and, and not be offended all the time. And to live in peace, have that relational peace around us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, first, if we're going to do this, we have to understand the, the cultural climate we live in. We have to consider our cultural climate. Well, what does that mean? Well, guys, we live in a world that is in perpetual offense. People are offended about everything. Everything. You know, we, um, I lived in a town that was very racially mixed when I went to high school. And, you know, people had lots of words for white guys. I heard lots and lots of them because our town was about 50-50 white and black. And my very best friend was black. And so I'd go hang out with his family and they're like, what are you doing with this white dude? You know, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, and so I was never offended. But then, like, things started happening, and now people get offended about everything. You can't say anything anymore uh, without being offended. And it, it takes a while, and then, again, you just want to say, get over it, suck it up. But we can't necessarily do that. We live in what some people are calling an age of rage. <laughs> people are just upset about everything. And so I love this quote from Craig Rochelle. I, I read this uh, this week. It says, being offended is inevitable. Living offended is a choice. How many of you know you're going to be offended? You'll probably be offended before you leave this morning. I'm probably going to offend you this morning through God's word. Um, so, but it's a choice to live offended. And you know what's funny? I'm one of those people, you can say whatever you want about me, I could care less. But when you insult my wife or my kids, I get real offended, right? And I have to learn to give that up. When you, when you offend God, I get offended, right? And so we can be offended, that's okay, but we can't live offended. We can't carry that with us because how many of you know when you start carrying an offense, it's easy for that offense to become your identity. We learn to live as what? Victims. And then we never move on. And, and guys, there are people who have been stuck for ages, for years, because they're living as victims. They've allowed that offense to become their identity. And we can't do that. We have to get our identity through where? Christ, but what he says about us. So guys, if you're here this morning and, and you're living in that offense, I want to encourage you, don't allow that to become your identity. That person may have said something really hurtful to you, but Jesus says a lot better things about you. Your ex might have said things. Your parents might have said things. Others may have said stuff, but you don't have to let that become your identity. Allow what Jesus says about you to be what defines you. Uh, and we have to do that. So we live in a world that's in perpetual offense, and we live in a world that would rather cancel than understand. This is kind of a new phenomenon. I'm just going to cancel you. What does that mean? It means I'm not going to have you in my life anymore. <laughs> and that just doesn't work. You can't get rid of everyone who offends you because sometimes they may be right. Right? There are people who offend me because they're telling me the truth. And truth sometimes 
hurts. <laughs> and so we, we have to learn to take good criticisms and dismiss bad. But the world today has kind of lost that, that ability to settle disputes as adults. I swear, sometimes I think we live in a world of two-year-olds. You know, they take their toys and go home instead of learning how to, to be together. And so it's okay to love people that we disagree with. And, you know, it's funny, like, there used to be that, the, the things, you know, when you have dinner with people, you never talk about religion and politics, right? Now the list is about this long of things you can't talk about, you know? And science, you know, I've heard one guy call it the unholy trinity. Don't ever talk about science or politics or religion uh, because, you know, everybody's, you know, global warming, COVID, all these things. So there's a lot of stuff that people just, they don't want to talk about. They don't want to learn how to understand one another. So guys, as Christians, we have to be the ones who say, I'll look from your point of view. I'll learn from what you're saying. I'll, I'll try to see things where I may not agree with you, but I'm still going to love you because that's what defines us as Christians. I'll still love you even if I don't agree with you. I have people that, that I hang out with that we don't agree on a lot of stuff, a lot of things. There's other pastors that are, there's, I, we hang out with that I don't agree on a lot of things, but we agree on Jesus, and so we can get through it. So we live in a world that would rather cancel than understand, and then we also have to understand that we live in a constant state of relational tension. People are constantly in tension anymore. And here's the thing, guys. No one has ever had a better life because they chose to live offended. Nobody can ever say, my life's better because I'm offended about everything. My life's better today because I'm a victim all the time. No. A better life comes through knowing and loving people. In verse 14, Paul says, bless those who persecute you. And then if it's, and I love this. This is the NIV translation of the verses we read earlier. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Now listen to this. Don't be conceited. You know what that means? Don't be conceited. <laughs> Don't think you know everything. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. And listen to this. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with who? Everyone. Again, this doesn't mean you have to be a doormat. This doesn't mean you have to allow people to use you, but he's saying, as far as it's in your court, don't live offended. <laughs> Guys, I've had people who have hurt me pretty bad, and I, I've reached out. I've tried to say, hey, I want to make this right, and they don't, they never, they never respond. But you know what I did? As far as it depended on me, I made it right. I said, I, I forgive you for any hurt that you've caused me. I ask you to forgive me for any hurt I caused you. Let's get through this. And every responded. I said, hey, it's in their court. And I pray for them. I pray for God to bless them. And I feel a lot better. <laughs> I don't know what they feel because they never talk. But it's, it's through that. So Paul tells us we're supposed to go above and beyond to live at peace with others. So that's the world we live in. We have to understand where we live in. Now, how do we live unoffendable? Well, we have to choose to be known for love. And here's a big one, guys, especially in today's culture. As Christ followers, we're to be known for love, not correctness. How many of you know someone who has to be right all the time? Are they fun to hang out with? No. And so we have to say, I choose to be known for love, not for being right. I may still be right. 
I like to be right. Actually, I love to be right. But I would rather be known for love. And so there, there are times we have to just choose to agree to what? Disagree. It's okay. You don't see things. You may think your team's better than mine. That's okay. I'm right, but I'm still going to, you know. <laughs> we had a big thing in our Josiah's football team beat my football team last week, and I had to swallow my pride a lot. It was not pleasant. It was for him, but he was gracious after about an hour of gloating. <laughs> but we have to agree to disagree, right? And here's how Jesus says it in John, 4, John 13, 34. So now I'm giving you a new command. Love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Now listen to this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus said if we choose to live in love, they're going to know that we live in Christ. Because love is not normal. Love is not natural. So when I choose to say I'm going to love you even though we don't agree, there's something different about that. When you choose to love that family member, even though you don't agree with their lifestyle, they're going to know something's different about you. And that's the thing. I can, I can still love you. I can still get along with you, even if we don't agree. I can still choose to treat you with civility. And again, our world today is just, if, you're, if I don't agree with you, you're not right. And I'm going to delete you from my life. And so we have to choose to be loving. And guys, sometimes, especially in this political climate, some Christians have lost the ability to love because they want to be right. We've lost that being known as Jesus followers because we're so worried about being correct or being right. And this is on both sides of the aisle. This is conservative Christians and liberal Christians, both ways. We've lost that. So we have to get back to that. We have to be those Christians that are known for love. Again, not rolling over, not saying, I'll agree with whatever. I'm still going to stand firmly in truth, but I'm going to do it in love. Another place, Paul said, we speak the truth in love. And as Christ followers, we're supposed to bless those who persecute us. And I looked up that word bless, and what does that mean? And I'm not going to try to say it in Hebrew because I don't know that much Hebrew, but I have software that tells me what it means. And it says this, it's to bless, to speak well of, to praise. It typically refers to speech that pronounces or is intended to result in positive circumstances for another person. What does that mean? When I bless someone, it means I'm supposed to pray that they're blessed. I'm supposed to pray that things go well for them. Now, can you still be mad at someone when you're praying for God to bless them? It's not very easy. So once we've, if someone offends us, once we say, I forgive you, then we're supposed to say, I pray that God blesses you. I pray that things go well for you. I pray that life happens good for you, that good things come your way. Now, it's easy to pray for, like, the fleas of a thousand camels to infest their armpits, right? That's, that's easy to pray. But that's not what we do. We pray for God to do good things in their lives. I used to carry these parking tickets around. Somebody gave them to me in college. said, this is what you get for parking like an idiot, and you'd stick it on their windshield. And one of those was, I pray that fleas infest. I got really in convicted. I had to stop using them. <laughs> I still have a few people I could use them on. And I parked that way a few times too, so... So we pray for God to bless them. God, would you do good things in their lives? Would their marriage be blessed? Would their kids be blessed? Would you work in them and work through them? But our, again, our natural inclination is what? I hope bad things happen to you. It's a moment of honesty. How many of you have ever been passed on the interstate by somebody going like 90, and then we see them pulled over down the road? 
what's our natural inclination? <laughs> Want to roll down the window and be like, ah, ha, 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 right? That, I mean, it, it feels so good. But that's not what we're supposed to do as Jesus followers. Say, Lord, would you bless them? Help them to learn from this instance, right? We're, uh, that's just our natural maniacal laugh thing to do, but that's not what we're supposed to do. One writer said we're supposed to be, I love this, a continual blessing to those who are a continual problem. We're supposed to be a continual blessing to those who are a continual problem. You have any of those people in your lives? So what do we do? We pray for them. We bless them. And the writer of Proverbs said when you bless those, we're like dumping coals on their laps. What does that mean? We're, we're showing them, we're killing them with kindness. And guys, here's the thing. People aren't going to necessarily come to Jesus just because I'm right all the time or you're right all the time. They're going to come to Jesus because they see what? Love in you. They see you blessing them even when they're bad to you. And as Christ follows, we're supposed to choose to live. I love this. We choose to live as living sacrifices. We choose life as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? In other words, I give up my right to be offended. Lord, I have given my life to you. I've given that right up to be offended. In Romans 12, 1, he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In view of his mercies, in view of what God has done in us. And see, this is where that comes from, guys. When I see what Jesus has done in my life, I don't have any right to live offended anymore. Because he has forgiven me for so many things. He has forgiven me for so many things I've done wrong. So I choose in that view to live as a sacrifice. So in light of what Jesus has done in me, I choose not to be offended. Now again, does this mean if someone is continually hurting me, I have to stay in a relationship with them? No. Sometimes one of the most loving things we can do is say, I love you, but I can't be around you. Now, you can't do this to your family because you're stuck with them. But, you know, that uncle that bothers you, you're, he's still your uncle, right? But you can say, I, I just can't be around you. And many of us have had to do this. We've had friendships that just go this way. And we just say, you know, I love you and I want to keep it that way. So we're just not going to hang out anymore. I'll still say hi to you. I'll still send you a Christmas card, you know, all those things. But let's just not hang out because it always ends bad. It always ends badly. And so it tells us not to be proud, not to be conceited. But because of what Jesus has done, we give that up. And then we have to choose to actively overlook offenses. And if there's anything else today, please understand this. It's an active overlooking in other words, when I get offended, I overlook that and I look for good in those people. There was a, a married couple, they'd been out shopping for Christmas presents, and uh, the wife realized her husband had disappeared. And said, where in the world? She looked at the cookie store, he wasn't there. So she said, all right, where could he? So she calls him and says, where in the world are you? You disappeared. He said, well, you remember that jewelry store that we saw when we were first married, and there was that beautiful bracelet that you loved, and we couldn't afford it? And I said, someday you're going to have that? She said, yes. It's like, well, I'm in the hardware store next door to that. Um, so she had to choose, right, to overlook that offense. And so as Jesus followers, we have to choose to actively overlook those things. Paul says as far as it depends on us, we have to actively live in peace with others. As far as it depends on us, we have to actively live in peace 
And here's the thing. It takes two people to reconcile, right? How many people does it take to forgive? Just one. And you might be that one that forgives. And so we had to actively live in peace. In other words, we don't, we don't want to say roll over. We just choose to forgive. And here's the thing. Like I said earlier, forgiving doesn't always mean forgetting. Sometimes you forgive, but you still remember, I just I can't hang out with that person anymore. Now, this is what's infuriating sometimes. You know, people get in a bad relationship, and they come, and you pray for them, they're hurt. And then what do they do? They go right back into it. And they're right back into it. Why do you hang out with that friend? Every time you're there, the cops get called. Why, why do you do this? So sometimes we, we have to say, I, I forgive you, I love you, but I'm just not going to hang out. And as far as it depends on us, we choose to overlook an offense. Craig Rochelle, that, that I read earlier, he said this, our life is too short and our calling is too great to live offended. God wants to do too much through us to live a life of offense. So we have to choose to overlook those things. Proverbs 19.11, I love this. Solomon, one of the wisest men to ever live, says this, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Hmm. Solomon said that wise people control their temper and they earn what? Respect from others by overlooking a wrong. So when someone does offend you and you say, you know what, I can just, I can look past this, I overlook this, I forgive you for that, you earn what? Respect. But when we throw tantrums, <laughs> we lose respect. Right? When we say, I'm going to cancel you, you're gone. You lose that respect. So we have to overlook those things. Life is short. People are watching how you and I live as Christians. They're watching that. And so we have to learn to overlook those. And then, lastly, as far as it depends on us, we choose not to retaliate. We choose not to retaliate. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says this, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. And then he says this, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Binding yourself, gluing yourself together with peace. So, guys, we're, we live in a church family, right? We have a church family. You look around the room, there are people here who are older, who are younger, different social status, different life stages. So we're obviously going to have different What? Preferences, opinions, cultural ideas. And so as the church, we have to bind ourselves together with peace. And so when we get offended, we have to choose not to retaliate. Choose not to retaliate. I was reading a, a commentary and one on this verse, this passage, and one commentator said he had a friend who was a preacher, and another preacher went on the radio and attacked his friend, the preacher, on the radio. And he said he was going to retaliate, and he said, you know, I, just, I don't think I'm going to do that. And he said he was blessed for it. And I know many of us have had the same things. We've had people attack us because we're Christians. We've had people say ill things about us as Christians. I remember one time, years and years and years ago, Amy and I, uh, we had a person that, that started spreading rumors about us around town. And people, it just seemed like every day somebody else was coming, hey, did you know so-and-so is saying this about you? <sighs> yes, I know. <laughs> and so but they were, they were untrue. And I was going to retaliate because, you know, in my, oh, you're attacking my wife. I'm going to come out. And I was prayed about it. And just as clear as the day, God said, no. I said, well, that's crazy. I must have heard wrong. No. And so I chose not to. I chose not to retaliate. 
And the funniest thing happened. People that I didn't even think liked me came to our defense. They came and they said, hey, so-and-so said this about you, but I knew it wasn't true, so I told them they needed to shut up. It's like, thank you. And then they said, you know, so-and-so said this about you at work, and I told them they needed to stop, and I, I came to your defense. I said, well, thank you. I didn't think you even liked me. But um, God did that because we chose not to retaliate. We chose to instead love. And, guys, you've, many of you have had the same experience. God comes to your defense. And so as Christians, we're supposed to be known for love, not necessarily for correctness. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. If you're physically able, would you stand this morning? And so this morning you might be here and you might be in a relationship with someone that's, that's difficult. You might be, have a friend or a family member that's just hard to love. You might have been offended. So I'm going to ask you to take a moment and just close yourself in with the Lord and we're just going to pray. Lord, right now I know that in this room, there, there are many families represented. There are many jobs represented. There are many social places represented. And Lord, I just pray you would speak to all of us today, all of us watching online. Lord, would you speak to us today? I know there are some of us here that are carrying a hurt, carrying an offense. Lord, would you help us to forgive, to bless the other person, to, to wish them well, to pray blessings on them. Lord, there are some of us here who might need to go apologize to someone because we've been the one who's brought the offense. Lord, help us to, like Paul said, not to be conceited, not to think we know everything, but to be known for love. So I just pray you would speak to us this morning. So I'm just going to ask you, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and say, you know, Pastor X, I don't have that relationship with Jesus you were talking about. I've never asked him to forgive my sins, or, or maybe I did years and years ago, but I'm not living in a relationship with him now. And if I was to be really honest, I'm, I'm far from God, but I want to make that right today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We want to pray with you right where you are. All right. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. This is not a magical thing. This is just you being honest and talking to Jesus. We're all going to pray this together so no one feels singled out. And if you mean this, the Bible says that you're a brand new creation, that all your sins are forgiven, and he's made you new. So would you pray this prayer with me this morning? Dear Jesus... Thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place so I could be forgiven. And I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. Please come into my life. Make me new. Forgive all my sins and help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer, he says that you're a brand new creation. All that old is gone. And you're starting a new life now of following him every single day, of making a choice every day to follow him. That's exciting. So if you prayed that, would you catch one of us after church? We have a book we want to give you. I just talk about what you did. If you're here this morning, you say, you know, pastor, I'm carrying an offense. Someone has hurt me and I'm carrying that. And Maybe I've let it become my identity. Maybe I'm just really hurt right now, but I need, I need God's help to forgive. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? We want to pray with you. Yeah. There are a lot of us. If you're here this morning, you say, you know, I really like to be right, but I would much rather be known for love. And I just need God's help 
to be known for love. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Right? Yeah. So Lord, I just pray for all of us this morning. Um, maybe some of us need to forgive someone. We need to let go of that offense. Maybe some of us even need to get that out of our identity because we've lived as victims for so long, it's easy to let that become our identity. Lord, help us to make our identity in you and to release those that have hurt us, to forgive them, to pray for blessings on them. Lord, for those of us who really like to be right, and sometimes we forget to be loving, Lord, help us to remember to be known for love, to be known for you. And I just pray you help all of us to have that peace around us this Christmas season. In Jesus' name.